Hey y'all, welcome to Your Best Pet, Conversations with a Vet. My name is Dr. D, and I am here to educate you on the important topics you didn't know you needed to know. Communication is the key in any relationship, and I believe with my whole heart that if you are educated in a way that you can understand, that'll make you the best pet parent you can be. So let's get started. Hello, hello, hi everybody, good morning, and happy Friday. Um, I realize that you guys, I always say that, and I realize that you guys don't always hear this on a Friday, but it doesn't matter, you're listening to this, and I want you to have those Friday vibes where you're feeling good, and you're ready to roll, you're ready to learn something, you're in a good mood, you're listening to a pod, Um, so Happy Friday. (laughs) Um, Okay, so today we are going to dive into the flip side of last week's podcast. So last week we talked about hyperthyroidism. This week we're going to talk about hypothyroidism. So let's dive in. Um, Hypothyroidism is where the body is not producing enough thyroid hormone. So you're the thyroid levels are really low. So I keep saying you and all of last podcast, I got so many comments on this, all of last podcast I talked about, I said you a whole bunch, but really last week we were talking about your cat. And this week we're going to be talking about your dog because nine out of 10 times hypothyroidism is going to be with a dog. And the dog that I'm picturing in my head is an overweight lab who the owners swear up and down is only eating half a cup of food twice a day and they don't understand why they're gaining weight. They don't even give any treats. There's no table scraps happening, but they're shedding their coat a ton. They're they're losing hair and they're just overweight and they just can't get their weight under control. They're continuing to gain despite not eating a ton. That is like the classic hypothyroid dog. So signs of hypothyroidism. We'll just jump right in here. (laughs) Signs of hypothyroidism that you'll see are going to be gaining weight despite not eating a ton of food, Um, not being hungry all the time or missing meals, Uh, hair loss specifically on their flanks so on either side of their their sides it's usually symmetrical Um, or they'll have patchy hair loss all over Um, being super lethargic and sluggish and tired all the time when we treat these kids it's like they have a renewed burst of energy and they're you know a puppy again and the owners are usually really excited about it Um, sometimes they have really flaky skin or kind of dandruff going on. Um, and they're usually middle-aged. They're usually five, six, seven years old. Um, typically a medium to large breed dog. Um, so like I said, usually I think of a fat lab. That's just the kiddo I have pictured in my head. (laughs) So, um, what causes hypothyroidism? Why does this even happen? There are two disease processes that can happen. The first one is the most common. It's called lymphocytic thyroiditis or um, the um, 
the the kind of genetic version where the immune system attacks the thyroid and um, it's just not creating enough thyroid hormone to sustain itself. Um, and the second version is called idiopathic thyroid gland atrophy. That is where um, the body overproduces fat um, and the fat replaces the normal thyroid tissue. Um, kind of like a lipoma, like a fatty mass type situation. Um, those two types make up 95% of all hypothyroid diseases uh, or disease diagnoses. Um, rarely, just like in the cat, you can have a thyroid adenocarcinoma, which um, requires surgical removal and it can be really scary. Um, it is a type of cancer, whereas the other one is more immune system related, not necessarily um, cancer related. Uh, but um, there is a genetic component to this. Um, so if the parents had it, the, the kids may have it too. Um, so that's kind of the basics on what causes it. We really don't we don't really differentiate aside from the cancerous version um, what type that a dog has. We just typically say, okay, you're hypothyroid, so we will treat you with X. So um, how do we diagnose hypothyroidism? This one is a bit trickier. It is a lot easier to diagnose a cat with hyperthyroidism than it is to diagnose a dog. Because unfortunately, there are competing disease processes um, that show low thyroid hormone. So it can be a little bit tricky. Now, last week, I kind of dived into what the different parts of the thyroid panel are, um, just to try and help you understand. And this week, it's gonna be more important. So I'm gonna say, all of that again. So um, basically, um, you have kind of four different kinds of thyroid hormone that you're testing. Um, there is total T4, which is what the majority of clinics have testing available. Um, that's the cheaper test to run. Um, and that's going to be the amount, the total amount of T4 that's in the bloodstream, the thyroid hormone, and the other organs. Other organs being like adrenal glands and other hormones that are other organs that are producing thyroid hormone. Free T4 is the usable kind of T4, the, the one that's floating around in the bloodstream. The T3 is the usable product. That is what T4 is converted into. Um, and that's what your body uses to function. Um, and then TSH helps the thyroid release the T3 and T4. So that's what it binds to to help get it into the system. Um, the T4 is converted into T3 um, through a process called deiodinization. I think I said that wrong last week, but it doesn't matter. It's just us. Just us chatting. Um, and then 
your T4 is also called thyroxine, um, and your T3 is also called triiodothyroxine. <laughs> Hopefully I said that right. Don't come at me, bro. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you understand this complicated disease process. So um, the majority of the T or the majority of the thyroid hormone in your body, 90% is going to be that T4 um, because the T3 is made and then used. So all of that to say that we diagnose hypothyroidism by having a low T4. When we see a low T4 on blood work, typically it's the total T4 that we're seeing as low. With a dog, nine times out of 10, we're going to recommend further testing. And I'll tell you why. Because um, the definitive diagnosis for hypothyroidism is a low free T4, not total T4, which is what we typically test. But if you're seeing a low total T4, something's wrong. That means that your patient is sick with something. It does not necessarily definitively diagnose hypothyroidism. And this is where I feel like I didn't 100% understand it until I started diving into it for my own personal reasons, because I was looking into it for myself as a human not even my patients, which is who I should have been looking into this for. But I didn't realize that I didn't understand it until I started reading more about it. So I wanted you guys to understand this because I feel like it's not something that we ever explain really well. Um, and that's the whole point of this podcast is to explain the things you didn't know that you needed to know. So um, what we do, or, or the reason why total T4 matters is because of something called being euthyroid sick. When you're sick with something, typically your thyroid levels are low. Um, so euthyroid sick, you can have a low total T4, but your free T4 is totally normal. So what we do is we send out that full thyroid panel, which yes, it's two to $300, but we don't want to treat for something that your dog doesn't necessarily need. Um, we don't want to put it on a thyroid medication and really bugger up that thyroid if we don't have to. Because what if your thyroid was fine? What if your dog's thyroid was totally fine and he was sick with something else like an infection and we just didn't catch it? And we put him on thyroid supplementation when he didn't need to be. And then we threw him in to being hyperthyroid and that ends up being a whole cycle in and of itself. And that's a whole big problem that, you know, we unintentionally caused thinking we were doing the right thing. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. So what we do is we send out that big thyroid panel that comes with total T4, free T4, T3. TSH. And what we're doing is we're looking for, okay, well, is there, you know, a ton of TSH? Well, that could mean that he is hypothyroid because the body's not producing enough and or 
the body's not producing enough thyroid hormones, so it's trying to force more TSH into the system to try and build it back up to a normal level because it's trying to do something to fix it, right? That would tell me that he's hypothyroid. Um, if he's got a low T4 but a normal free T4, or an, if he's got a low total T4 but a normal free T4, then he's not hypothyroid. He's probably euthyroid sick and there's something else going on that we need to figure out. Um, so those are the reasons why your veterinarian is recommending a higher panel or a, a more extensive panel because it takes sometimes a low total T4 isn't just hypothyroidism. So that's kind of the basics of that. Now, um, with treatment, how do, so, okay, so we ran the thyroid panel. Now we know that your dog is hypothyroid and we diagnosed it. Now what? <laughs> now what do we do? Um, well, typically we're going to recommend putting your dog onto a medication called levothyroxine. It goes by a whole bunch of different names. So every clinic has a different um, brand name, but the drug name is levothyroxine. The brand name, there is a brand called levothyroxine. There is a generic version um, called thyroid tabs or thyrotabs or synthyroid, I think is another one. Um, but basically they all do the exact same thing and they're all the exact same drug. Um, it doesn't matter what version you're using. What matters is the milligram dosage and how much they're getting. So your veterinarian is going to recommend starting out at a certain number of milligrams and they're only going to give you, at least I do, I'm only going to give you four weeks worth of that medication with no refills <laughs> because yes, they're going to be on this medication for life, but I need to know that we're doing the appropriate dosing. So I'm going to recommend retesting that thyroid in four to six weeks. Now, they have to be on the thyroid medication in order to do the testing. You cannot skip doses. This medication is twice a day, every day for the rest of your dog's life. Yes, you need to schedule the recheck of the thyroid before you run out of medication. I don't want to send you home with a ton of medication that's the wrong milligram dosing. Because with dogs, oftentimes we have to change the milligrams and it's not as easy as with a cat when you're doing the liquid and you can just up it by like 0.1.2 where with a dog we're doing pills and you have to change to a completely different pill if you're going to increase it by 0.1 or 0.2 milligrams so that's the complicated part of it we're not just gonna double the dosing and have you give a whole one instead of a half one because th that amount of milligrams is a lot. <laughs> so um, even though it's in decimal points, it's, it's a lot of drug. So anyway, um, we're gonna recheck. So we're gonna need to recheck four to six weeks after the initial starting of the medication. The reason why we wait the four to six weeks is because the thyroid is a really sensitive organ and it's going to go up and down and it needs to stabilize. And it takes 
about a month for that thyroid to stabilize on a dosing of medication. So we don't want to recheck it right away, and we don't necessarily want to wait three or four months if they're getting too much medication or they're still not getting enough medication. So we want to play around with the dosing, and sometimes it takes two and three times to get that dosing right. So keep that in mind. Your veterinarian is not trying to have you back in there doing a whole bunch of blood work all the time. Trust us, we don't want that either. (laughs) So just keep that in mind. It's going to take a little bit of time to get the dosing right. And the kicker with testing dogs versus cats is when you're testing for low thyroid hormone or and you want to make sure you're in the right number of milligrams, you have to test four to six hours post pill. And that is a very specific range, four to six hours post pill. So you have to know when you gave that med that morning, exactly what time, because if we get the testing wrong, potentially um, it could be a little bit low still, or it could be a little bit high. Um, And we wanna make sure we're measuring accurately and we know where the kid is falling. With a cat and hyperthyroid, if they're high, they're still high. Um, They're not necessarily gonna dip low and then come back up. If they're high, they're high. But if they're low, it's a little bit more sensitive. So um, just bear that in mind. Um, And the other thing to think about is um, a lot of veterinarians, when it comes to diagnosing these kids, you know, we go through all of this stuff initially, but you may forget it over time. And we do still need to check, you know, liver levels and thyroid levels over time because things can change. Sometimes what was working is no longer working. And, you know, you're, you're instead of the body builds up a tolerance to it. And so instead of it functioning the way that it always has, sometimes the dosing has to change over time. You know, they've been on the same dosing for a year or two, but we retest those levels and now all of a sudden they're low again or they're not getting enough or even the opposite, they're getting too much and we have to lower their dosing a little bit. Um, That does happen over time and people are like, it's been on the same dose for three years, like why do you still need to check it? Because the thyroid is a sensitive organ and things change. So those are things um, to keep in mind. Sometimes things can swing the opposite direction and they can be hyperthyroids. You want to watch for signs. Um, With side effects, typically it has to do with either not getting enough medication or getting too much. So if they're not getting enough, then they just won't get better. They'll still be overweight and gaining weight. They will still be super sluggish and tired or have problems with their hair coat. Um, And if it swings the other way and they're hyperthyroid now, they're getting too much. Typically, you have a kiddo who is restless or hyperactive. Sometimes they're drinking more and peeing more or that PUPD we talked about last week. Sometimes they're losing weight drastically, like they're half the dog that they were all of a sudden. Um sometimes vomiting, and sometimes even liver disease. That's why we test blood work once a year, not just the thyroid hormone check, not just the total T4. So those are things to think about. Now, 
Um, last but not least, I do want to go over prognosis because this is something that I get a bunch as well. Um, when it comes to prognosis, typically with the medication, your dog's prognosis is actually really good. Most of the time, supplementing that thyroid hormone does the trick and um, they're, you know, healthy and happy and they're doing great. They just need a little, you know, extra thyroid hormone in their life. Um, once they get to the appropriate dosing, typically you're doing blood work once a year, um, checking that thyroid every six months to a year, just kind of depending on what your vet hospital's protocols are. But without treatment, um, so, you know, your dog is impossible to give pills to and you know, you've tried all the things, it's not working, you just decided not to give the medication and you know, what are the consequences of that? What's going to happen? Well, your dog's life, um, their lifespan will likely be shortened with hypothyroidism because the thyroid is going to affect nearly every organ in the body. Um, when thyroid hormone is not getting to all the places it's supposed to be, typically your immune system is down and you can get sick with other things. Um, your cholesterol will be really high. Uh, your heart rate will be low, so you're more prone to things like blood clots. Um, and bradycardia comes with its own, which is uh, low heart rate. Um, that comes with its own complications and, and problems. And then sometimes you can have uh, neuromuscular disease, so um, weakened back end uh, and, and those kinds of things um, when it comes to having a chronically low thyroid. So those are things that I think about um, when it comes to prognosis. Those are things that I think about when it comes to my patients. Um, and this is all the stuff that I try and talk about when we diagnose something like this. So um, while I only have a 30 minute appointment slot to do the exam, pull the blood, do the diagnosis, have a phone call with you later for blood work results, these are all the things that we try and talk about, but we don't always get to dive into the nitty gritty of what these different things are from and what the causes are. And you don't always think to ask all the questions. And I know that you're at home and you're Googling, you know, all the things. And sometimes it can get a little complicated and you just want a little bit more guidance. So that's why we're doing this. That's why I'm doing this podcast. That's why, you know, we're having this conversation right now so that you can have as much information so you can have your best pet. So you can understand how best to deal with this disease that, you know, unfortunately has happened to your family because your dog is your family. So, so that's all I have. As always, I hope you're living life with your best pet, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, bye. Y'all, thank you so much for listening in. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. Uh, if you found it helpful, send it to somebody who you think it would help too. Um, you can like, comment, share this pod on Insta. It's your best pet pod. Um, and if you love this podcast, five stars only, please, at the bottom. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. It helps the pod grow and reach more people. Until next time, hope you're living life with your best pet. We'll see you next week.